Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing really well. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, okay. First off, uh, thanks to Jason Nash. Special thanks to Jason. That was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed him. He was very funny. Yeah. We found him to be very funny. Yeah. And we hope you did too. I would say most of our listeners did. I'd say the vast majority. Yes. Anyway, so, uh, and if no, you, you know what, here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, <laughs> I, I love getting emails from the listeners. Oh yeah. Um, I love, uh, complimentary things. I like constructive criticism, you know, Absolutely, if it's a sound yes. problem or if you, di- or even a more like a academic type of, you know, criticism or an idea, you know, maybe. Right. Right. Um, if you don't have anything constructive to say. Just stop listening. You're yeah. not paying for it. Right. There's no contract here. Yeah, and it's... And honestly, it's just... If you did not like a specific episode... Like, let's say you like us in general, and there's one episode you didn't like. Chances are, we'll have a return to form next week. You know, yeah. it's, it's like... I believe I actually said during uh, Jason's episode that... Uh, yeah, this isn't how it's gonna gonna be. You know, yeah. we're, we're gonna go back to our regular format as opposed to the free-flowing conversation uh, of last week which was delightful and a nice uh, it was very refreshing to us yeah i had a blast so uh but yeah so yeah thank you very much jason for coming on the show it was uh, a lot of fun and uh and uh, anybody who wants to uh write in and complain um n- no <laughs> no thank you not in the mood for that yeah so I, um i'll tell you where you can mail your letters to uh, <laughs> up your ass. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> where. Do right. Do right up. Okay. Anyway. Oh, good lord. All right. Um. So yeah. Uh. Of course. Now the the time the timing of us putting up the Jason Nash episode perhaps could have been better. Because <laughs> yeah, because we missed everything that happened in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like hey, new president and uh, and also uh, here's Oscar nominations. Uh, what do you guys have to say about it? Nothing. What do you think about this guy, this guy Jason Nash? <laughs> yeah. Huh? What do you think? Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, so very exciting new developments in our country. Yeah. And uh, also, m- uh, movie land. Tinseltown. Yeah. Not to mention television. We haven't talked about That's true. new episodes of Battlestar Galactica or Lost. Well, I don't watch Battlestar Galactica. I keep meaning to, but I haven't, I haven't started yet. But you're a lot, as I'm sure the listeners know, especially if they listened during Lost's last season, where I'm sure I must have mentioned it a lot because... Possibly, yes. Because I think about Lost a lot. (laughs) I do. It's uh, kind of becoming a problem for me, actually. (laughs) I would say, honestly, like the beginning of last week, I might have been, obviously in, you know, my... The higher function, higher functioning parts of my brain. I was more excited about the inauguration than the return of Lost, you know. <laughs> okay. But like in my in my lizard brain, right. you know, right. just uh, I, the anticipation for a new season of Lost was probably a little greater than the new. Well, president. yeah, because here's the thing: people can figure out the economy. <laughs> Lost, that thing's a mystery. Yeah. All right, and and every ever and you're always excited, like, oh, here's a new. Here's a new piece to the puzzle. Oh, it actually makes things worse. Well, that's great. You know, but it's, oh, it's so exciting. And, and Jen and I have been watching it. And, and just in the three episodes, there have been like at least, 
like at least seven like oh shit moments yeah. you know starting from the very beginning when uh when you don't know who it is like they do that like pretty yeah. much every season and we're not going to spoil uh, right right i mean but uh it turns out people like, should have watched them by now but we're not going to spoil it anymore. right fair assumption but at the same time like without saying who it was when they reveal who it is, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. That's awesome. It never would have occurred to me to see yeah. things from that person's point of view. It was really, uh, it's it's really been a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I uh, I really I really enjoy Lost, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the next. It's It's got two more seasons, including this one, right? Yeah. Okay, yes, so this. Six seasons total. And then that one. Okay. My only, my only gripe. Okay. And it's not even really much of one. Okay. Uh, it seems so far that these uh, these episodes, it's it's like the season is one big episode and it's being cut up into seventeen pieces for us. They're not okay. The episode it's uh, the episodes themselves don't seem to have through lines the way that they used to. Uh, I would you say know? that's true. Yes. Like I mean, even take last season's The Constant, the best hour of television that aired during two thousand eight. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that, and that includes the Wire, fi- Wire, <laughs> <laughs> the final season of The Wire. That's so, true. Um. Uh, so I might amend that someday, but <laughs> we're talking about Lost right now. Exactly. Um, the Constant. Okay, that episode. Obviously, if you had never seen Lost before and you watched that episode, huge parts of it would make no sense to you at all. Right. But you could still follow it. Yeah. Because it's yeah. still, you know, a, a, yeah. a story. It's got a beginning, middle, and end. Right. And. Um, yeah, this one is completely for, I mean, like, like they kind of, the idea of, like, there's the overarching story, but then each episode kind of has its own little, you know, a character is struggling to, you know, like Hurley getting the car started or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, and then and there's I, like flashbacks okay. and stuff. Like Lost fans, yeah. I love that episode where Hurley in the, in the van. I love it too. Okay. Are there people that don't? Yes. Oh, those people are dumb. Yeah. Um, but like because that's an episode where almost nothing happens as far as furthering the main story, like the yeah. the big story. It's pretty much just about Hurley. Yeah, when I think about it, it might be the last hopeful episode of the show uh, yeah. that I remember. Um, because even even characters getting off the island, you, there's no hope there. <laughs> um, in fact, it, things just get worse. But um, but yeah, uh, but the idea of like you know each story, each episode having its own story, and then it contributes to the overall story. Like that was you know. They're pretty much done with that. Like, at this point, they're like, all right, we got stuff to do. We have to take care of plot issues now. We can't be throwing bones to people who haven't been watching a lot, all right, with, like, these little episode arcs. Yeah, but that is what made the show good in the first place. Yeah. You know, I... Honestly, uh, the first season, it wasn't until the second season in The Hatch and and, and all the Dharma stuff started to come out that I really started to get into, like, the mythology of it. The first season, I was way more drawn in by the characters than the the supernatural stuff. Hmm. That's that's the reason I was watching it, you know. And that's that's the way the show, any show, needs to be structured, especially if it's going to be very plot-heavy and very unusual, is, like, the first, I'd say the entire first season needs to be you care about these people, and then a bunch of crazy stuff happens yeah. to them. You know, um, and I'll tell you this: uh, this is the first season that I have watched like as it's happening. You know, because before this, it was either I would watch it uh, on DVD uh-huh. or um, on the computer, and and every and all the episodes would be available to me. I think. Yeah. Um, like even last season, I'd watch them on the computer, but I wouldn't watch them like 
every week. I think I'd usually like allow like maybe four weeks to go by. Uh-huh. And then I'd be like, okay, now I've got, now I can watch four straight hours of Lost and we're now we're talking. But this season is the first one where I'm actually watching it week by week. And I would venture to say, this is the worst season to do that. <laughs> like, the, like you said, it's all, it's basically all one big episode. Yeah. And so like, I wish, I kind of partially wish that I could just wait you know, 15, 20 weeks from now, and then just watch them all in, a, in like two days. But you don't want to be behind the zeitgeist. I, th- I I like watching TV like that. You know, I, I mean, that's part of the fun is is having that, like, you know, it goes at the end of the episode, and you're like, oh, man, you got a week to talk about it online or with your friends and, and find out, you know, th- talk about what's going to happen. That's part of the fun. No, see, I'm one of those people who uh, who goes, and I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what happens right now. <laughs> like, that's what I enjoy. I like that uh, instant gratification. Okay, have we talked about Lost long enough? <laughs> uh, <laughs> perhaps. I did discover a new show, and I know that we're a movie podcast. Yeah. But um, it's a show that it's not perfect, but it was intriguing. Okay. And it's uh, Lie to Me. With, oh, uh, with Tim Roth? Tim Roth. Okay. It's a lot like Not House. to be confused with Trust Me. Right, yes. Starring, who's in that? Somebody. No, it's somebody, right? Yeah, it's somebody. I don't remember Timothy who. Timothy Hutton? T- uh, no. He's a different thing. Trust me, I don't remember. <laughs> Dylan Wait. McDermott? Is Dylan McDermott in it? No. Ugh. <laughs> we Wait, st- maybe he is. Okay. What's Trust Me about? I don't know. Is that the one with Eric McCormick from Will and Grace? Okay, yes, maybe. Yeah. Okay, the other guy might be Dylan McDermott. Okay. But you can't have McCormick and McDermott. You can't. <laughs> they, they, can't they can't be on a show together. <laughs> it's like, these guys are perfect for these roles, but I'm, I'm a little confused already just with their names. I know okay, they and then different. Timothy Hutton's on Leverage, right? Leverage, yes. Which also stars Christian Kane, who played Lindsay on Angel. Okay, there we go. Um, but Lie to Me, it's uh, it's a lot like House, so if you don't uh-huh. like House, you're probably not going to like it. But it has some... Is Tim it, Roth doing an American accent in it? No. Okay, so it's not completely like House. It's not exactly, <laughs> not complete, but he is playing kind of a curmudgeon. But, uh, but I, I watched one episode of it on Friday, and I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. There are definite flaws, uh... But it's good stuff. I enjoyed it. I just okay. wanted to throw that out there. Ah, yes. Okay. Also, I will say I will spend one sentence on this. People, here's what you need to do. You need to go to iTunes. You need to type in the word Watchmen, and you need to download. It costs money. I'm sorry. You need to sp- you need to spend the money and download the Watchmen animated comic book. It is astounding. That is all. All right. Okay. Um. Sorry. I forgot what I was going to say. We're gonna I had some dad. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to talk. Uh, Battlestar Galactica is frustrating me so far this season. Uh, in a good way or in a bad way? Uh, I don't want to... I haven't watched the newest one that just aired on Friday Okay. Um, yet, so maybe. But uh, it's not bad, but I'm definitely frustrated by it. Uh, that's unfortunate. So you're saying that I should never... That I just shouldn't start it. <laughs> no, you should still watch it. Cause, well, because it ends in frustration, apparently. Well, there's still, I've still got eight episodes until the end of the the thing. You know, I'm sure it'll. It's done. I'm sure it's going to pay off. It's done. Um, um, all right, now David. There hasn't been nearly enough Dean Stockwell this season, though. I didn't even know he was on it, but that's always a good rule of thumb. That's been my problem with Lost, actually. There hasn't <laughs> not been enough Dean Stockwell. Enough Dean Stockwell. <laughs> here's what here's what needs to happen with TV. If they, if everybody would just listen to me, all TV characters. I I like the idea that no matter what no matter what time the show was on, like what era it was on, uh no matter what 
channel it was on, I like the idea that all television takes place in one world. So I would love if just <laughs> if everybody just creatively got together and in the middle of Lost, Dean Stockwell from Quantum Leap shows up. Like he just shows up as Al with his cigar and his little uh, device that he punches things into and he's giving Locke suggestions. You know, I like that idea, but that's that might just be me. So but um there would be so many Eric Balfours running around. <laughs> Because that guy's been on every show in the last 10 years. Oh, not to mention Garrett Dillahunt. <laughs> um, those two should fight. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So okay, so the inauguration, uh, I mean, yeah. we're not a political show, but we're, right. not, we're not a TV show either. That didn't stop us. Yeah. Um, how, did, how, did, how did you watch it? Where? I did not, because I was sleeping. and uh, <laughs> But, the, you know, it's available online and stuff. Okay. Um, so have you watched it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I and then uh, in the uh, special inaugural commemorative edition of Newsweek, uh, they transcribed uh, Obama's uh, oh, that's cool. whole speech, and so I read it, and it was really, it's really good. It's really uh, yeah, it's a very it was a very practical speech. Like when you actually read it, you realize that like without like the the because his voice kind of just commands a certain degree of, for lack of a better term, optimism. Like uh-huh. it really, it's very stirring. But if you actually look at the speech itself, you realize, like, wow, he really does address the fact that things are pretty bad. You yeah. know, like, he doesn't, he doesn't try and say, like, I mean, he talks about how they, they will be good, but he, he does say it's like, yeah, things pretty much blow right now. That's my paraphrasing. Yeah. Um, that's not in the written portion. But, um, but yeah, it, uh, it was beautifully worded, and I just... Uh, and I, you know, and it was one of those things I really wish that I had gotten my ass out of bed, but that's that's early for me, and uh, my work does not uh, require me to get up that early. So, uh, <laughs> okay. So. Well, I watched it at work. We all gathered around uh, one of my coworkers' computers and watched it live yeah. at NewYorkTimes.com. It's NYTimes.com. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, here's what I want to say about it. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of people talking about how the crowd was kind of rude to president bush yeah um some people saying that's you know uncivilized uncalled for yeah you know what normally i'm the kind of guy who would agree with that i think that the president because you you'll very rarely he- hear me say like refer to him as like bush or whatever yeah it's president bush because to me however i feel about him the office is a respectable one Yes. So you should treat the office with respect. Did it bother you that I said Obama earlier? No, I didn't fine. mean any disrespect. I'm not a I'm not a racist, <laughs> okay. David. Um, go on. Sorry. But I we all know that everybody respects Obama. Everybody who matters does. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, so normally I'm all about like you should treat that with respect, you mm-hmm. know, and and sort of protest in a civilized way. But uh, he's. He's lost that. Yeah, uh, th- he doesn't get that benefit anymore. He, they should, everybody should have thrown their fucking shoes at him, and <laughs> they could chant whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, uh, good fucking riddance to him uh, and his administration. Uh, he deserves everything that he's got coming to him, uh, which is sadly nothing. Yeah, what he deserves is fucking jail time and a punch or two in the gut. Puncher too. <laughs> I like that you're willing to stop there. That's nice. Um, I like the implication that he goes to jail and will only receive one or two punches to the gut. 
Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, I did ha- find myself having a thought that it's like, you know, um, because honestly, um, the Bush administration is what drove me from the Republican Party. Uh-huh. Um, I think that happened to a lot of people. Yeah, um, frankly, uh, not to imply that I don't believe in some of the ideals, but it's just like uh, we'll see how they how they do later uh-huh. and then maybe i'll come back and bless them with my ridiculous uh you know uh, affiliation but um but the one thing that gets me I'm, I'm like oh i wish i wish there'd be a way i wish like there were the like his ending day and the inauguration like i wish they were different days like yeah. i wish you know january 19th was it's like okay now we're all gonna celebrate uh, the the outgoing president, and then that day everyone's like, oh, and then everybody like throws stuff at him, and like everybody's right. <laughs> angry that day because then the celebration of the incoming president that that's not sullied with the discussion yeah. of uh, people weren't respectful, it, you know. But we can't like not that, have a president for a day. <laughs> you know what? Just let uh, ah, let agriculture take care of it, like the Secretary <laughs> of Agriculture. But um, but yeah, so. Uh, but it is exciting. I mean, uh, it's it's hard to explain, but like eight years is like a long time, regardless of where the, whether they're good or bad. Like when I think of the events, like I found myself, <laughs> odd as it sounds, wistful about Bush leaving office simply because so many events of my life happened during <laughs> his administration. It had nothing to do with him. It's just, right. it's just like, oh, I, you know finished co- like you know a lot of people a lot of people in my life died uh-huh. i i fell in i met my, i met a girl fell in love with her and got married during that entire span of time i went to college during that entire span of time it's yeah it's it's weird to and so it's like another oh, entire no, span um you started college when clinton was still president okay fair enough all right so did i okay all right i am no longer wistful um but uh but yeah so that's so like in some weird way i'm just like oh i'm sorry to see it go and i was like what am i talking about that's weird to say that's a weird thing my version of sentimentality is kind of off i would say but uh but yeah it's very exciting i was uh i've been watching cnn to see you know like to see just the various things that uh president obama is doing and he just you know like the fact that like the first like interview he gave I don't remember the name of the of the network. What it was like a like an Arabic, uh, you know, or yeah, oh, uh, based network or something like that. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, but that in itself uh, was fascinating to me. Do you, do you feel like you should know it? And that's yeah, why I, I do know it. I, I just can't. It's all something. Yeah, they all are. <laughs> oh man, it's a good thing we don't have any listeners from there. I don't <laughs> think we, but that's not that's it wasn't racist. They all, uh, yeah, no, no. all their organizations and institutions start with Al. It sounded a little racist to me. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, we've been going for a while, Dave. We haven't, we literally have not said anything about movies, <laughs> yeah, so far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what we're gonna do? Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Uh, the Oscar nominations have come out. We're gonna talk about them a little bit. Yeah. But uh, you know, we did an Oscar episode last year, uh, which was about the oscar telecast last yeah. year and we're gonna do one in a couple weeks here yeah. you know on on this oscar telecast but we haven't I mean, it's, I mean, it's come up here and there but we haven't done an episode on the oscars yeah the oscars you know? as a concept uh and the 
the sh- you know the sh- the show, not just a specific year, yeah. but the show in general and hosts and that sort of thing. Yeah, and also whether or not they're important, you know, Indeed. in some because yes. I mean, in some ways they are, in some ways they aren't. But right. we'll get into that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I said, let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Let's start with the with the nominations. Just okay. get these out of the way. How are you feeling about them? Oh my gosh, I feel absolutely apathetic. Here's why. Uh, one is that let's just look at best picture here. You got Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, Milk, The Reader, and Slumdog Millionaire. I've seen one of those as of uh, as of right now. I've seen two. Okay. All right. Really? Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, but I, I've seen the two that I want to see, which is Milk and Slumdog Millionaire. The other oh, ones I don't care to see them. Oh, you should see Frost Nixon. It's good stuff. Um, okay. But uh, I will say this, Frost Nixon, it's more my kind of movie than yours. Okay. I'll definitely say that. Okay. Um, but you know what's missing from this list? What and is I, missing? I mean, I should have prepared myself, and I also I don't care that much. Yeah. But I really wanted The Dark Knight to get nominated for Best Picture. It's, it's just, it's so obvious how, and I'm not saying that the, uh, that the Oscar, the Academy should be uh what's the word I'm looking for you know should 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 be more pedestrian or should cater to the, be more right. populist right that's, that's, that's yeah because there for. are a lot of people who say it's just like it's like ah oh, they're out of touch they don't know it's like they don't know that people love this movie it's like well whether they love it or not that doesn't make it good but in this case it just happened to be a really good movie but they're they, yeah I don't I don't think the Oscars should be populist but they should be in touch with what film fans are saying right and if you I mean pretty much anybody that I know. Yeah, who's really into films would put the Dark Knight in the top, their top five of the year. Right. I mean that and Wally, frankly. But yeah, although Wally's not in my top five. But right. But like just <laughs> in general, like Wally won several like critics awards, and yeah. a lot of people were talking about uh, it as like a contender for uh, for best picture. And I love Wally. Uh, it's it's my number two at the moment. Um, I won't say what number one is because I spoiled that last year. I don't. I want it to be a surprise. Yeah, when I'm not I, whenever I reveal either. it. But um, but anyway. So uh, but and so I did have thought. I'm like, it'd be it'd be kind of interesting if Wally got uh, a best picture nomination. And this has been a particularly kind of a, for lack of a better word, a, a not weak, but just not a not an extraordinary year. And this is the kind of year where something like Dark Knight or something like Wally would be recognized. So, like, I was kind of. I was hoping, but I also knew that it just it, with Wally definitely not. Like I, I, I knew that that wasn't going to happen. I was well, half because they have. Uh, I'm, I'm of two minds and have been since they introduced the animated feature category. Oh well, I've got. I definitely have a, an opinion on that. But yeah, because I'm glad that these it, films films are getting recognized for being sometimes being great films that wouldn't otherwise get recognized. But it also ghettoizes. Oh films yeah. and keeps things from like like Wally or Spirited Away. Right. Uh, you know from getting the major nominations they deserve absolutely and just like and and nobody and at the one thing that's like i i didn't i really didn't expect dark knight to be up for picture i definitely expected it to be up for director and that's where i'm surprised um i really thought christopher nolan would be up for it well as we talked about was that we just did our theory last week is that yeah um no two weeks ago yeah right last last time we recorded yeah Yeah. (laughs) um uh, be you know, I I think that that the director and picture nomination should line up. Yeah. Um, um, 
which so which is why I agree with you. I think Christopher Nolan should have been nominated oh, for yeah, best director yeah. because I think Dark Knight should have been yeah. nominated for best picture. But I mean, I, who do you know anybody who's seen the reader? I don't. Neither do uh, I. And I know people who like movies. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know a few, in <laughs> fact. Um, and I, I mean, it's not that, I, again. I, not that that's a, a you know and uh, a signal of quality, right? But just know. in general, like it just. And we'll get into this. Uh, I guess we could get into this now, and then get back to the nominations. Or do you want to have the larger discussion a little bit later? No, we can go back and forth. Okay. We can use this as a springboard. All right. So Oscar campaigning. All right. Like, I don't know who put out the reader. Uh, I don't know. Was it the Weinstein Company? That would be my assumption, because like, without knowing, I my mind ins- once I saw it show up, I was like. Oh, was that the Weinsteins that did that? Because yeah. they have such a history of like... I mean, I love the movie Chocolat. I, I really... I like Chocolat. Yeah. I, love is a strong word. I love Julia Binoche in it and, uh, and Judy Dench. Yeah, and Upper Molina. Yeah. And Roger Pratt's great cinematography. Yeah, there's a lot of really great... Johnny Depp's in that movie. I forget about that. <laughs> yeah, that, isn't that weird that Johnny Depp's in a movie and you forget about it? Right. Well, I forget he's in Before Night Falls, too. Oh, yeah. Huh. Anyway, um... But the uh, but that yeah, it's a perfectly fine movie with some really great performances, and it was up for best picture, and it's because at the time it, it was you know it was put out by Miramax, and so like and just like Miramax and then and the Weinstein's in general like they just they have such crazy campaigns like they put so much money into it that when the reader was included, like. First, I wasn't really that surprised um, because it's like because of the type of movie it is. Mm-hmm. But then also, I was like, "Oh, well, it also must have been the the Weinstein's because there has been no discussion aside from actress or supporting actress because nobody seemed to really understand what Kate Winslet's role was in that." Yeah. Um, aside and I from act- tell you since I haven't seen it, right? But aside from actress, I hadn't heard anything about the movie itself being up for anything. Certainly not picture and director. Um, and so, but yeah, the Oscar, I mean, I, I, I love watching the Oscars. I like when, when the Oscars can serve a function because they can take something, for example, like Richard Jenkins and the visitor Uh and all of a sudden people are like, well, what's this? I haven't heard of this and they'll watch it and it'll get something or frozen river, you know, it'll get something that doesn't have much exposure and all of a sudden people are watching it. Um, but at the same time, it's just, it's just such a, like a pat on the back for like, it's like, hey, your studio, we all like you, and you've got a lot of power, and uh, you put a lot of money into the campaign. Yeah, here you go. It's n- there's no way the reader will win Best Picture, but here's a little, we recognize that you spent a lot of money on the campaign. Here you go, and it's yeah. it's very frustrating. It, it also it's not just the campaigning, but it's the it's the people who are campaigning too. It, it's in a way, for people like you and me, it's kind of sad that the Oscars are the big award ceremony yeah. because they're not picked by critics. Yeah. And those yeah. are the ones who should be picking the best movies of the year. Right. Uh, they know better than the people who make movies. That's, I mean, that's, honestly, that's, it's like, uh, let's talk for a second about let, let the Right One In. Okay. Okay. Uh, my interpretation, and a lot of people's interpretation of what happened in the movie, okay. is ap- apparently, according to the director and according to the book it's based on, not what he meant to say. Oh, okay. No, not what he meant to imply. Okay. Uh, I don't care. 
because <laughs> oh yeah, you. I mean, I'm not going to get like you, you. You you sort of analyze through the author of something, right. you know. Uh, and so my opinion of let the right one in because I'm the audience, I'm the person it's intended for, right. I'm an intelligent audience, a, yeah. a, a critical audience. My opinion is more important than the director's. Once the director has finished the movie, yeah. uh, his job is done. Yeah. So, wh- like, th- that's what I'm t- these people who, who make movies, they know about making movies. They don't yeah. necessarily know about watching and judging them. Yeah, and I mean, it's, they could wind up, like, if a friend of theirs is nominated, they could vote for that person because it's their friend. Like, yeah. the very fact that critics are, for you know, uh, you know, for the most part kind of outside the system in spite of the fact that and this is kind of awesome uh the director did you know this that the directors guild gave ebert an honorary membership huh. a couple days ago no i didn't know that yeah it was pretty cool and uh it was presented to it, it was uh, at the dga uh award banquet or whatever and it was presented to him by uh, michael apted and and uh that was just kind of cool in general but uh, for the mo- with the exception of him um critics are very much outside the system and so one could say that they actually have a bit more perspective i remember an argument that i that i used to have with uh, a friend of mine and frankly probably probably would have continued to have except that we just stopped talking about it um (laughs) was that uh like he was he was kind of anti-critic and a lot of people are because just like you don't know how hard it is it's like we that's right critics don't know how hard it is which is precisely the reason that they have more perspective than you. You know, like a guy who's been working on a film five years and has been just toiling and sweating over it, fair assumption that in year number four, he's probably lost his perspective on it. Uh Now, it could still be a wonderful movie, but it could also be terrible. But, like, all he knows is how much work went into it and what he was trying to say. It's like, I mean, I said this a long, I think I said this a long time ago in, like, Richard Donner's commentary about The Omen. He keeps talking about what he was trying to do and I wanted to like phone in. I know the uh, commentary is not a radio show. <laughs> I wanted to phone and be like, yeah, you, you didn't know you didn't do that at all. And yeah. so no one's, it's a good thing you're recording this commentary because no one would have ever gotten to the conclusion that you are at. You yeah. Know? Um, well, I learned that in film school, you know, you'd have an assignment, you had to shoot something and then uh, like, you know, the te- you'd show it in front of the class and the teacher I'm thinking of one teacher in particular who didn't like he was a good teacher. Um, he would be like he would he would you know criticize as well, it was his job. He would criticize mm-hmm. everybody in front of the class. Yeah. Um, and then you would say like, oh well, I was trying to do this, and he everyone would always do that like yeah. early on in the semester. Like, oh, here's what I was going for, but it didn't work out. And he was like, I don't care. That's not important. Yeah. And yeah, so if I le- if I learned that in film school, why didn't why didn't Richard Donner? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he did. Yeah. But honestly, just. But he was away. He's been away from it so long that, like, you know, you and I are, and film critics in general could can tend to get. I, I use the term "bogged down," but that implies a negative connotation. But they can get, you know, like theory and you know academic discussions about what film is and what it's supposed to be. Like that's still very much in the forefront of their brain. Like for a director like Richard Donner, maybe he was that, and then just actually got into the practical elements of making film and kind of lost that to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, so we've kind of got got away from the Oscars there. Except, but that, no, that's what we're talking. Yeah. That's what we want this episode to be. Is, yeah, is tangents about and about the Oscars. And that is one of the great things about IMDb is if you go to their road to the Oscar uh, road to the Oscars section, there is something that says like critics picks, and it will show you. This, just this whole chart of it'll only show you the big four, you know, actor, actress, director, picture, and and then it'll show you, you know, um, like it'll show you just what publication uh, is saying, you know, oh, this is the best performance, this is the best picture, um, you know, and if you go by that, and I remember I years ago, and they've been doing it for years, and I remember a few years ago I would look at that as I was like. Because I used to have like an Oscar party and would and people would bet uh-huh. uh, and it was a lot of fun and so like I would always use that and I'd be like I'd be like okay well what do the critics think well okay I could vote for that and then I, once I and then after I lost a lot of money I realized like nobody cares what critics think you yeah know? you you should use the the different Guild Awards are, are much right. better uh, right. predict predictor right and uh, and so. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing. I mean, I'm sure some people and I remember like the one thing that it was kind of a joke uh I read it in uh, the Onion uh that Guild Awards like everybody who wins they'll always say something like like oh, this actually means uh, it's like this really means the most to me because it's you know, because it's my peers. Uh-huh. And it's like, I think critics should mean the most to you. I hate to put it that way. And, yeah. I, and I know that that probably sounds a little self-serving, but even if I wasn't that, even if I wasn't a critic, that doesn't change the opinion of mine that it's like, yeah, like just, there, he's, he doesn't know what it's like to be an actor. So he literally is just looking at your performance, at the character, yeah. not like, oh wow, that's I couldn't do that accent or I couldn't do that emotion. <laughs> you know, he just looks at the effectiveness of the character, which br- to bring me back to Ebert, um, Ebert is doing this n- this neat little series where he's talking about if he like of the nominees, here's who he would give the Oscar to, and it's based entirely on on the emotion created in him by the performance or by the movie. Right. And it's really fascinating to read. So, um, but to get back to the nominations, um, yeah. And so I guess, yeah, I guess we kind of talked about, uh, dark Knight a little bit, but it's just, do you, I mean, if dark, like if, if the dark Knight, you know, if that's not up for picture and director this year, I can't imagine like a superhero movie ever doing it. I mean, I if if this yeah. doesn't if this doesn't do it, I don't think I don't see it ever happening. Yeah, I think there need to be term limits on on, on academy membership because <laughs> that's the problem. Is old people aren't going to vote for the Dark Knight? Yeah, and there's way or, too many old people. Or Wally. I mean, yeah. it just it's like oh, I'm not voting for that damn cartoon or that guy running around in clown makeup. Although I guess they did vote for that guy. Um, yeah, but uh, are there any are there any uh, you know, are you aside from that? Are there any? Is there anything that you're like excited about or specifically disappointed about? Um, I was excited to see. I didn't think that uh, Encounters at the End of the World would get a documentary mm. nomination, which I, I loved that that movie. You wrote a blog about it. It's, it's one of the earlier blogs in our uh, in our series. So go back into the archives, everybody, and read about his uh, Encounters at the End of the World blog. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 
I do that without thinking about it at this point. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> in, in in daily life, when when there's not a microphone in front of you, you're, uh, you're doing true. the same thing. That's true, everybody. <laughs> I uh, I did not see Revolutionary Road. I did, but I was really excited for Michael Shannon. Yeah, I mean, is first off, is his performance good? Is the uh, yeah, he's he's great. I mean, his his role in the movie is kind of uh, it's just sort of weirdly functional. It's like mm. it's almost a little too convenient that this guy would show up. You uh. know, uh, the movie's not perfect, but I I like the movie actually a lot. I know yeah. a lot of people don't, but um, but yeah, he's great in it. And yeah. he if you're if you want to think like the Academy and think like uh, and uh, give people awards based on based on how you feel about them in general as opposed to on their specific performance. Yeah. He's so great in general and yeah. he was so amazing in Before the Devil Knows You're Dead uh last year. Uh that uh <laughs> Do you remember who he played? He's the guy I mean uh Oh, okay. You can tell me after. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Literally, at this point, even describing who a character is spoils uh, something. It spoils everything in that movie. But, um, but yeah, just like he, even more so than like somebody like Richard Jenkins, like uh-huh. Michael Shannon is just. It's not. He's not the kind of actor that gets nominated. Like yeah. it's just you would never you would never think it, and especially as far as like you know Oscar buzz, he was nowhere near. Yeah, this, yeah. This list. I mean, speaking of real quick, before the devil knows you're dead, and, okay. and actors who don't get get enough uh, respect, Brian okay. F. O'Byrne is in Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Okay. Um, and that dude is fucking great. Okay. He played the Philip Seymour Hoffman role in Doubt on Broadway. Oh. Uh, he's also um, he plays uh, uh, Michael and Tommy's cousin on uh, Brotherhood. Oh, okay. Um, he was the IRA guy in Oz. Uh, oh the, yeah, one yeah. One or two episodes. Uh, that, I like that actor. Yeah, yeah, that dude is amazing, and I wish that he got more respect and more roles. Although, I mean, he's doing great work on Brotherhood, so I don't want him to take, be yeah. taken out of that. But, uh, but you know, I mean, it really does seem to be kind of a standard thing that, like, if you put, like, if you put in your time, especially like if it's on a TV show or something, like if you put in your time, like, it'll happen for you eventually. Like, I remember think I was talking to Jen the other day, and like at this point, like J.K. Simmons he's going to get work for the rest of his life. Like, yeah. you know, for a while, like, he'd get stuff here and there, and then he was on Oz for a while, and then he was J. Jonah Jameson, uh-huh. and then he was, like, in Juno and stuff like that, and now he's somebody who, I don't know if people know his name, but he's somebody who never has to worry again. Like, people will think of him, it's like, like, oh, well, let's just, let's get this character actor over here, you know? And, yeah. uh, and so maybe... Maybe if this guy on uh, whose name I don't I already have forgotten, <laughs> Brian F. O'Byrne. Brian F. O'Byrne. See, that's the problem right there. <laughs> that's Brian O'Byrne. That sounds fine. Yeah, there's probably some other Brian O'Byrne with a SAG card somewhere. But the problem is, it sounds like his name is F. O'Byrne. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Which sounds like Ethel Byrne. <laughs> Brian <which> Ethel Byrne, <laughs> which I don't think is getting him any roles. Um, but uh, and all right, before I took us on that. Uh, Brian F. O'Byrne uh, <laughs> tangent. It's kind of fun to say now. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, well, let's talk about... Well, okay, let's talk about Michael Shannon here. Okay. Um, and this is a springboard into a bigger topic. Okay. Do you think that him being nominated uh, is is going to be 
a career boost for him. Um. Yes. You do. I do. Because I don't know how, th- how th- that's true anymore. I think the fact that I mean, if you look at there's been a lot made about you know uh, a lot of talk about this in, in entertainment press you know over the past few years like you know the uh the number of best picture nominees that have made more than 100 million dollars is very low mm. you know um and we the the oscars are sort of getting separated from the mainstream more and more yeah which is a good thing cuz movies are getting dumber okay yeah um, it's, you know, I don't want to be like a cynical or I don't want to be like that. Uh, I also don't want to be the guy who's like, oh, things were better before, but right. Hollywood movies are getting dumber uh, all the Holly- time. Uh, Hollywood movies. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm glad that, that the Oscars are divorcing themselves from that, you yeah. know? Uh, but I think the byproduct of that is that the, uh, uh, uh having the nomination behind in front of your name, you know, isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily give you the cachet uh in in the bit in a business sense that maybe it used to yeah i mean i you know i mean now that i think about it i mean i guess it all depends on what you get nominated for um or like if yeah you know like i was thinking about about like uh like william h macy yeah you know like he started getting a fair like he was he was getting you know consistent work i'd say he was very much like michael shannon i mean he was getting consistent work up up until fargo uh-huh. And then that kind of put, and then he was nominated, and that kind of put him on people's radar. Um, and then he started getting a lot of work. But part of me is like, well, is that him or is that the film? You know? Yeah. I mean, Fargo in general, people were just like, "What is this movie? That's very strange." And and uh, I mean, it's but you want to go back to? I think I want to say the same year, but no, obviously not the same year because the same director. But uh, uh, a few years before, Michael Lerner gets nominated for Barton oh, Fink, yeah. and that I mean. What other movies does Michael Lerner do? I mean, he's in Godzilla. That's true. <laughs> playing a playing a character named uh, Ebert. Um, the uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. God, I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a bad movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it all. De- I guess it also depends on the kind of actor you are. You know, I yeah. mean, Michael Shannon, like Michael Lerner, like there's only so many kinds of parts he can get. Michael Shannon. He can like he's mostly been a supporting actor because he's not like conventionally handsome or anything, but he's he could be you know like yeah he's kind of creepy looking. He's a little creepy looking, but that's something that a director can play up. Yeah, or they can play it down and make him just seem like just a regular person. I think Michael you know? Shannon and William Mapother should do a movie together <laughs> where they play just <laughs> creepy guys. <laughs> I think it should be a documentary of them going around to, to schools. They could do like a like a serious dramatic remake of Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Um but uh yeah, well I mean I was watching uh the other day I was uh I think I was I think was I sick? Yeah, I was sick and I was just hanging out in bed. And uh we have a VCR in our bedroom and so I popped That's in Tyler and his wife. Yes. <laughs> not Tyler no, not, and I. <laughs> no, not the official battleship pretension bedroom. All right. <laughs> <laughs> where David and I have twin beds, and we're like Nick and Nora Charles. Um, no, it's always uh, drunk. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love martinis. Um, I was, and I so I popped in my VHS copy of Cecil B. Demented, which probably will not make the transition to DVD for me. Um, <laughs> I like that movie a lot. I know you do. I don't. I, watching it again, I'm like, nah, 
I think I'm fine with having it on VHS. It's got one great, great line, which, which is, is "Action fans, help us!" Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, Michael Shannon is in that, and he plays. Oh yeah, and he plays like this, this like southern, like he does a southern voice, and he is gay and pretty much crazy, I would say, <laughs> um, because he just. Uh, he keeps talking about wanting to see Mel Gibson naked, and uh, and so there's a part where he's just getting he becomes very impatient uh, because uh, Melanie Griffith, um, he he seems to believe that uh, she did uh, a nude scene with Mel Gibson, and he's very angry that she is not telling him about Mel Gibson naked, and he's like he goes, God damn it, tell me about Mel Gibson's dick, and he just and it's like. And okay, as ridiculous as that is, and it is like, it takes a, a, a crazy level of commitment to say that, <laughs> or to be, you know what, to work with John Waters in general. Um, and so it's just, uh, I realize that I've just been talking about how awesome Michael Shannon is, but like, I think I, to work with John Waters, it takes either a crazy amount of commitment or a committed amount of crazy. Whoa! Oh my gosh! <laughs> you got to work that into a blog so that people can actually see it written down. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, I, I I like to think that, uh, that an Oscar nomination would lift him up from relative obscurity to lift, to keep him from being like a, a, Hey, it's that guy to a, uh, you know, an actual name. I mean, what was it? What did it for Philip Seymour Hoffman? I don't know. That's what, I mean, you and I are kind of, (laughs) we don't know because we, uh, as opposed to mainstream America, we knew who Philip Seymour Hoffman was for a long time before, you know, before everybody did. See, and and that's the thing is, I don't even know how much like re- regular people, you know, non movie nerds. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Well, my, my barometer even, is like, when did my mom know who Philip Seymour Hoffman is? That's a good. Yeah, like my mom cares about the Oscars a little bit, and so like I like to believe that. That like somebody would say because you and I we say like oh Michael Shannon got a nomination good for him uh-huh. but maybe somebody says who's Michael Shannon yeah maybe I should watch this movie and then they see him and you know and then it's like oh he was really good you know yeah and then maybe but people start talking about him I don't know I'm not sure but I don't think people do I think people forget you know when was the last time you heard like anyone any like mainstream moviegoer speak the name Shore Agdeshlu, <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't know. I, d- I don't <laughs> know a lot of... Uh, ma- but at the same... Yeah. But at the same time, I can't I mean, If someone just gets a nomination, it's not It's not enough. I think it has to be coupled with something else. I don't know. Like, a, a nomination in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet might be... Is, is I think, different than a nomination with a movie with Ben Kingsley. Because I feel like maybe somebody wanted to see this movie with these two big stars anyway and then mm-hmm. he gets this nomination they go see it and he gets their attention and i don't know it's i think it's as far as like an actor specifically um it, it's hard to know what what the effect is i mean you know cuba gooding junior's his career kind of took off but i think that was more along the lines of a a really memorable performance in a movie people were seeing anyway yeah so that's the thing. I don't know. I I don't I don't follow box office like I used to because I don't care anymore. Are people seeing Revolutionary Road? 
I don't think so, but at the same time, I don't know how wide it has, uh, you know, how oh, wide yeah, the, right. the opening has, has been. I don't know what cities have gotten it. Um, now, to, keep, to, to change the subject a little bit to the theory of the Oscars and the idea of the Oscars, uh-huh. I was talking with some friends the other day, um, and we were talking about George C. Scott, who uh, listeners may recall uh, we did a profile of in episode 20. More on that in a few minutes. Um, oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. And so uh, when George C. Scott won his Oscar for Patton, he was not there. Uh, not because he was working, not because he was sick, but because he didn't want to be. He did not He did not accept his Oscar. He did not have somebody accept it for him. Um, I think somebody went up and just got, you know, somebody associated with the film got it, you uh-huh. know. Um, but it was never given to him. Uh, he refused even to be nominated, and he's he was always like that. Um, he hated the idea of being nominated. He hated the idea, in his own words, he hated the idea of act the uh, the concept of actors in competition with each other, uh-huh. because his thing was well, we're already in competition with each other enough as it is to get roles, you know. It's like, why would we have, like, those, those lucky few of us, and Dustin Hoffman actually said something similar to that, similar, similar to this later on in his career. But, um, but he's, you know, George C. Scott was like, well, wh- it's like, those lucky few of us who have achieved success, why would, why do we have to fight each other, not fight each other, but why do we have to compete with each other again? Like, we've already made it. We're already successful. So isn't this whole idea just kind of ridiculous and just the the whole competition aspect is it like to get ratings or just in general he just felt like it was just ridiculous and that art can't be compared to other art that isn't similar you know and that's and it's something that actually I so I was talking about this with friends and then this one this one person said that that mentality was bullshit um, I'm not sure if I agree with well, that. What was his or her reasoning for saying that? Uh, I think the subject changed uh, shortly after that. Okay. Um, his, I think we'll get his to this attitude, in a second, but I kind of think it's bullshit too. His attitude was more along the lines of, uh, it's like, well, people are trying to do something nice for you. Just accept it. Okay, that's you not know? my attitude. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but, uh, but the thing that, I, I don't think I've gotten around to it. And, and one thing, because this group of friends, like a lot of, you know, a lot of them are actors, you know, working actors and working editors and stuff. And so, so like one of them said, it's like, yeah, we all see, we all definitely see his point of view. But if I got an ask, an Oscar, I'd, I'd, I'd get it. I'd take it. I'd, yeah. you know, I, I'd, I'd accept no, it. I disagree with his point of view because okay. they're not in competition. Okay. When they, if, that, if, if, if George C. Scott is on the set of Patton thinking, you know, okay, okay, like who else was nominated that year? In 70? Yeah. Um, You're the guy. You're supposed to know that kind of stuff. 1970? I don't recall. Okay. Well, it's, it, he, while, while George C. Scott is acting, he's not thinking about, like, other, like, guys who are doing roles at the same time and thinking, oh, I got to be a better actor now than, you know, whoever. Yeah. He was, uh, up, he was up against uh, James Earl Jones for The Great White Hope. Okay, that's so, all I got. So let's say he's uh, uh, George C. Scott is not on the set of Patton thinking, 
all right, Jones is doing the Great White Hope. I have to be at least as good, if not better, than he is. Okay. That would be actors competing. Okay. This, it, when they're when they're making the movie, they're just making the movie and doing the best work they can. Yeah. You know, um, the 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 nominations come later, and and it's uh, it's not even a competition because it's that, that part of it, that part of it's already done. Yeah. You, you can't compete. Uh, and I I, I think. The Oscars and awards awards ceremonies are crazy and most of them ridiculous. The Oscars is not an exception, but yeah. I I watch it religiously every year. Yeah. Um. But giving awards to movies is, I still think, something important mm-hmm. because movies. Excuse me. Uh, movies should. Okay, I'm going to use this word "compete," which isn't the which I just said they're not doing. Right. But they should be judged at least. There should be a measure of success apart from financial success. That's true. You know, uh, I I don't want... I, I like that the Oscars, uh, you know, e- even even as often as I disagree with them, you know, it's a record of, you know, what what someone considered, what some people consider the best move, movie of the year that is not the most financially successful movie of the year often. Right. You know? Right. Uh Th- that's important that we have that out there. Yeah, and so, I mean, even if it is, I mean, you and I talked about how, theoretically, like, the biggest award show of the year would be, like, the Critics' Choice Awards or something like that, which I imagine would probably actually coincide with the Oscars a fair amount. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, the uh, the one thing that gets me, and, I yeah, I, I, I don't think I really agree with, with George C. Scott's... Uh, uh, attitude or opinion but um but what the thing that does get me is that like that's the theory of what the oscars are supposed to be which is like this is the best whatever but so much of it is this is going to sound really melodramatic so much of it is corrupted by things that have nothing to do with the movies no that's true you know it's definitely a system in need of repair but i think yeah. it's a, it's a good system to have yeah, out there. Yeah, I mean, like, for as as much as I love the fact that Richard Jenkins, you know, is nominated, or Melissa Leo, or Michael Shannon, you know, there's also the thing that I keep going back to. I I love Alan Arkin. Don't get me wrong. I think he's wonderful in Thirteen Conversations About One Thing. I think he's great in um, Glengarry Glen Ross. He's a very good actor. He's awesome at, in Edward Scissorhands. I, I I needed to say that as well. That said, like when he when he won Best Supporting Actor for Little Miss Sunshine, like the the concept of the Oscars is of all the blank in this case su- supporting performances by a male of all the supporting performances by a male, this was the best of the year. Yeah, of all of them, this one was the best, and so it's like so. First off, that mentality in general just seems like wow, that's that's very definitive, you know, like when you actually think of what it what best blank actually means. But then it's like and then he wins for that. He's fine in Little Miss Sunshine. There's nothing wrong with with his performance, but like but you know that he didn't win because of the performance. He won because he's Alan Arkin and he hasn't won before. Yeah. And it's like and I like the idea of giving somebody uh, of, you know, I like the idea of honoring somebody uh, for their body of work, but it's, I don't know, it's just, it's so frustrating to me because 
I think my opinion of what the Oscars are trying to be has so become sullied by what they actually are that I think I to this point like I wind up just insulting them so much because it's just like at at this point I, I they they never will be what they're supposed to be you know um because of the campaigning and the the feeling of like sentimentality and like oh well Alan Arkin hasn't won before let's give it to him and you know oh well so and so did a great performance but it's not his turn yet we'll honor him with a nomination it's like well if it was the best it was the best yeah. you know and just and But so, that's one thing where George C Scott has has it right it's yeah. it's almost impo- I mean you and I both make top 10 lists actually our lists go a lot deeper than that but we yeah. we share our top 10 lists <laughs> um every year and uh I know it's it's difficult to say I mean yeah. like uh, you know, I'll, I'll give a, a little bit of a spoiler for our best of episode. Okay. Kung Fu Panda did not make my top ten. Yeah, but it, if I really start thinking about it, I loved Kung Fu Panda. Hmm. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, but I, you have to you have to use all these other sort of criterion, you know, criteria. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So it. Yeah, it's it, to me. Why not? give Alan Arkin the award because he might not get nominated again. Like that kind of makes sense to me because you got to you got to have some sort of like uh criteria. I I honestly wish that they would treat the Lifetime Achievement Award with uh, treat it as a Hall of Fame where literally like maybe they pick 7 per year. Yeah. And they and it's like all right. Here's one for uh, Jerry Lewis is getting it uh, this year, but not for his artistic achievement, but for his humanitarian efforts. Oh, but is it still the Lifetime Achievement Award? I thought it was like a special actor, special special. uh, Well, I think it's is it the Thalberg, the Irving Thalberg Award, or something like that. I knew Jerry Lewis was getting something. Yeah, Um, but like, I feel like that's what needs to happen. Is like just they you know pick like a composer or an actor or a screenwriter who has contributed a great deal and they give it to those people and they maybe they won't have the opportunity they probably wouldn't have the opportunity to give speeches which is kind of a shame cuz lifetime achievement award is always one of my favorite moments of the oscars yeah you know especially like in 2000 in 2003 for 2002 when they gave lifetime achievement to peter o'toole Oh yeah, his speech was phenomenal. It was wonderful because that one it's really heartfelt, and it's and it's you know them saying like it's the the academy saying like you know even if whether you've been nominated or whether you've won before, it doesn't matter. We recognize what you have done for the industry and the art of film in general. So the the lifetime achievement award is is really great, but it's I almost wish like they would hand out several every year like maybe even not a specific number if they feel like they should give five they give five if they feel like they should give eight they give eight maybe there's a ceiling maybe it's like (laughs) let's let's top it out at 12 i don't think anything more than that because then almost cheapens it a little bit but i almost feel like that's what they should do with it and if they did that then maybe they maybe they give supporting actor to jackie earl haley for little children as opposed to alan arkin for uh little miss sunshine i don't know so that's I don't know what do you th- what do you think of what I just said? Uh, uh, Absolutely, I, I just thought of all that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this no. isn't a theory. Well, I, just, I just started thinking about the speeches, and uh, here's the deal: 
I don't know if we have any listeners who are nominated for Oscars this year. Okay. All right. I like that you didn't rule it out. Yeah, okay, it's, it's possible. Ahead. And we, it's, po- it's, it's certainly possible that we have listeners who might be nominated in the future. Yeah. Okay. I don't care about superstition or anything like that. Write a, a fucking speech. Yeah. And practice it. Yeah. Because you know what? It'll be much more entertaining for us if you... That's, that's the thing with the Lifetime Achievement Award. They know yeah. that they're getting it. They have time to prepare something. Right. And that's why those speeches end up being better. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, mean, I mean, there's something to be said for the occasional, like, off-the-cuff speech that ends up being really moving, you yeah. know? But then you get some things that are just a mess, you know? Yeah. And it, it would be a more fun show mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and a more moving show yeah. if everyone who won had something prepared. Yeah, you kind of want to be like, hey, let's pretend. Okay, the thing that you're being honored for, I imagine you put a lot of preparation into that. Let's pretend this is that. Because <laughs> believe me, this is just as professional as anything you're doing. Um, <laughs> and just, yeah, it's... Uh, it's you know it's I guess yeah I guess we gotta we gotta like uh, wrap up pretty yeah. soon but the oh my other bit of advice go ahead if you win an award and Holly Berry is the presenter don't grab her and kiss her because that's just creepy hmm you, you remember that right oh yeah yeah I'm trying to think where I come down on this piece of advice of yours David because if you you know if you've got the opportunity yeah her husband uh, he wasn't on stage with her. He's in, I'm sure he's in the audience. That's true, and I can't imagine Adrian Brody being able to defend himself very much. No, it's so. just that's just sleazy. I buy it. I bu- but I I think because because uh, they're not friends. I don't think. I don't think so. And here's a, and I will. I, okay, I'm 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 on board with your advice. I'm going to I'm going to extend it. Okay. I will say, don't do that, especially if you're like Mickey Rourke. You know, like if Mickey, <laughs> if Marion Cotillard uh, presents Best Actor, which she will, uh-huh. and if and if Mickey Rourke wins, don't do anything. In fact, I'd say just stay away from her. Like, just have her set it down, walk away. You'll walk up, pick it up, and then you'll make your speech. Just you already have people are already looking at you a little funny because you're Mickey Rourke. Just yeah. you know. Also, if you're Mickey Rourke. Um, don't bring your dogs up to the stage with you when you if you win an award. <laughs> I know how much you love your dogs, but that's just weird. <laughs> um, Do you think Vicky Rogue's dogs will be in attendance? He doesn't well, go like anywhere without him. Well, I have to imagine they will. Can you I imagine, mean, like, I don't know. What if he only has? What if it's only like Mickey Rourke plus one, and he also and he has to make a choice? You no, know? he'll he'll have. I'm sure. I think you probably get more than one seat if you're nominated. <laughs> I like the idea that they're like, no, we got to make room. But I like I like the idea that everyone in his like party would have a chihuahua in their lap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, was there anything else that you wanted to say? I mean, we've we've mostly been kind of complaining about the Oscars, but I guess we've kind of talked. But about But I did the, say that they're necessary. Yeah, the purpose that they do serve. Even or that they if, should if, serve. Or should serve. But I, I think they kind of do serve. I mean, at the very least, like, even if it doesn't, like, change a person's career, it does, you know, it does make them a little bit more visible, and it might make a movie more visible. You know, I mean, the let's go with Frozen River, because I've already brought up Richard Jenkins enough. Let's go with Frozen River. Like, the little 15 to 20 second clip they show of each performance, like... Because my mom, my mom watches the Oscars. Uh-huh. Let's say she watches the Oscars and she sees that fifteen to twenty second clip for Melissa Leo in Frozen River. 
and it's good. Uh-huh. That actually might be enough for my mom to watch a movie that she has not heard of. Um, and then all of a sudden, there it is. You know, and she, um, somebody who previously would not have heard of or watched that movie has now watched it because of the Oscars. And, and to me, more so than, more so than honoring things like that is like the, the best thing that the Oscars can do is expose a, uh, an admittedly great movie to somebody who otherwise might not have watched it. Even if that person doesn't wind up liking it, it's somebody who is seeing something they otherwise wouldn't. Um, and it's because the Oscars are, you know, theoretically and, and often I would often I would say succeeding, um, are trying to, um, you know, reward excellence, but also, um, kind of show it off and mm-hmm. show people what it is and what it looks like. So anyway, um, did you have anything else to say? <laughs> Don't undercut your statement with the anyway. Ah, anyway, <laughs> enough, of my, enough of my bullshit. Sorry, I get I spout off every once in a while. And uh, anyway, um, <laughs> see, there he goes. Uh, no, I didn't have anything else to say except that uh, I'm glad Kung Fu Panda's nominated because <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, okay. Okay. So here's the deal, everybody. Um, as much as we hate to do it, here's, here's, here's the deal. We know we said we'd, we'd, we never would. I don't know if we ever did say that. I think we said we tried to avoid it. Um, we are going to need to take down our first 20 episodes. Yeah. Did we ever say we would never do that? I think we said we wanted to try and keep all our episodes available. Yeah. But, uh, that's a little costly. And as we are approaching episode 100, uh, we're going to take down the first 20. It'll probably be within the next couple of weeks. We'll probably do it after the 100th episode goes up, I right, think. Right, right. So, um, here's the deal. Download them now if you want them. Right. Uh, or you can, you know, listen to them uh, on FeedBurner or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, so just be aware that those episodes are going to be gone in within probably in three weeks. So, if we're doing it after the 100th episode in, in three weeks, they will be gone uh, we apologize. I think we might. A- I might actually apologize more if you do listen to them, because <laughs> yeah, not they're not. We're not yeah. really proud of those episodes yeah. anyway. But uh, but the beautiful thing is, uh, you know, uh, with those episodes down, those topics are uh, up for grabs again. <laughs> yeah, which is great. <laughs> um, that's a joke, of course. We've got uh, we've got so many topics up our sleeve. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we wanted to just give you a little warning there. Um, there is more stuff uh, in okay, as crazy. Okay, we have a new logo. Uh, yeah. And special thanks to Lance. Yeah, uh, listener Lance for, for designing that. It's really it's really great. It looks good. Uh, the new logo, along with the old logo, as well as a couple other things, which I'll leave you to dis- to <laughs> discover, uh, are available uh, on various T-shirts and other such things uh, in the Battleship Pretension store. Um, and uh, go and give it a look. Uh, I'm I'm very pleased with what our store is now. So uh, okay. go ahead and see what you think. Um, continue contributing to the uh, forum. That's uh, that's looking really good. Yeah, it's you, a blast. You can always uh, yeah. 
you can always... Uh, <laughs> well, I finally started participating. Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it is it's a lot of fun. It's kind of fun actually talking to these people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then... Uh, but oh, I don't, like, the thing is, I don't want to be... I, I don't want to get, like, so involved in the forum that I end up, like, giving shout-outs, like, during the episodes, like, talking I about... I will not the forum, let you talking, do that. Talking about, about users, you know? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to let you let you do that. Okay. That's out. Um and uh oh and one last thing okay so last week we aired uh the episode with Jason we recorded that back in November and wow, uh, was that long ago yeah so congratulations to Jason on being a father for a second time yeah it literally happened right around the same time that we aired that we put the episode up yeah and so I was like oh man there's something in there that's not true now damn it <laughs> um so yeah congratulations to him and, uh, okay, yeah. so uh, <laughs> donate to us, please. Donate. That yes. would help us. Yeah. Um, other things that would help us would be writing us a, rev- a review in iTunes. Yeah. Preferably a good review. Yeah. Um, and if you're listening and you're not a subscriber, go ahead and subscribe. Give it, it a shot. It doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't you know? cost you anything, and it helps It helps us. You know, helps us know. Uh, it gives us a more accurate uh, uh, view of what our listenership is. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I know we've, we've, we've hit you with a lot of information here at the end, so we're, we apologize for that. But uh, at least we didn't do it all at the beginning like that one time. <laughs> that's, but that was just an overview of the, what the, all the many things the website has to offer, such as the movie of the week, which now, from now on, will be archived. Uh, somebody suggested that. So that, uh, uh, that's starting, a good suggestion. So starting with last week, you'll be able to... What's uh, the current movie of the week? Lilia Forever? Yes. Oh, yeah. So... That was, that was mine. Yeah. That movie is great. Okay. Last week's was uh, The Man in the White Suit, also yeah. great. So, um, anyway, I don't know why we, why we aren't wrapping this up. I kind of like just, just continuing to talk. Yeah. Show's over. How you uh, doing, David? I got a bunch of shit I got to do when I get back home. That's kind of why I just want to talk. Yeah. It's I just, wanna, I don't want to do fucking laundry. Just keep it going. I just... Uh, <sighs> So you saw. So what? What trailers did you see? Because you saw a movie recently. What trailers did you see? Oh, I saw. Um, I saw the trailer for uh, uh, Crips and Bloods or Bloods and Crips Made in America. It's a documentary about the Bloods and Crips. Okay, it looks awesome. All right. What else did I see? You uh, saw a trailer for a movie that looks bad. Oh yes. Okay. Now what is I, this trailer? Well, I saw about? two trailers that made me laugh when they weren't supposed to. Okay. The one that I laughed the whole way through was this movie Polanski, this okay. Roman Polanski biopic that looks insane. Okay, it looks ridiculous. So just like, just, just like, uh, like, just like hot house exaggeration type of uh. bullshit. Uh, the other one that made me laugh, okay, uh, is a trailer for a documentary called Fuel. Fuel. Okay. okay. And. <laughs> One of the things it says is it's you know it's like official selection this this film festival yeah. and the one that it says eleven standing ovations at Sundance <laughs> <laughs> and I literally in the theater for you know we're about to see a very serious movie in the yeah. theater I went bah! <laughs> oh were they saying that seriously yes oh, oh. <laughs> yeah they were trying to, that was the selling point eleven num- eleven standing ovations at Sundance. <laughs> That's okay. That's ridiculous. So everybody, look up uh, look up this movie Polanski or Polanski. 
Um, do you know who it's directed by? I don't know anything about okay. it. Okay. Uh, but look that up because I'm fascinated by this weird movie <laughs> with an terrible. actor playing him, and it's bad, and I don't know. And then look up uh, this movie Fuel. I I've heard that it's uh, very popular. <laughs> it was um, very popular at Sundance. Yeah, I think Eleven Standing Ovations at Sundance says more about the people who go to Sundance <laughs> than it does exactly. about the movie Fuel. Yeah, here's the thing: <laughs> if I was if I was in that audience, <laughs> I think probably at about uh, you know Standing Ovation number seven, I'm like. You know what, guys? I think they get it. Like, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think we've made our point. But anyway, all right, we get we got in this episode. I know. All right, uh, gosh. can we just fade out? <laughs> yeah. No, sure. let's not. Let's all not right. do that. We we gotta we gotta do it. We gotta say goodbye. All right, we'll uh, get you guys later. All right, bye bye.